0: House, the podcast where we discuss how biblical topics, church life, and current events impact our everyday lives. My name is Marcus Ionescu, and I'm your host, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Josh Furdui. Josh, how's it going, man? What's up, Marcus? Thanks for having me. How are you? Doing well. Uh, it's it's a good day, and uh, thank you so much for agreeing to be on here. Uh, I try to take advantage of whenever people are in town, and I know right. you just came back from Romania a couple months ago, and I uh, just wanted to take the Take advantage of the opportunity that you're here, and yeah, talk about talk about some things. So uh, before awesome. we um, jump into what we're going to talk about, jump into the topic of the discussion, um, I want you to give a little you know, brief bio about yourself. I know you grew up here in Southern California, but then you moved to Romania for theology school. So yeah. I want you to just talk a little bit about that, tell the listeners uh, your experience thus far with how that has gone for you.
1: Yeah, so uh, like you said, born and raised in Southern California, you know, L.A. area. Uh, Nineteen years, uh, four years ago, I actually moved to Romania uh, to attend theology school. I believe the Lord called me there. And so for the past few years, I've been kind of like M.I.A. uh, from the Romanian community uh, at theology, learning theology, um, just like a full-on theology seminar. And it's just been awesome. It's been very interesting. Uh, Everyone thinks that I'm like super Romanian, but like it very helped me. And, or it helped me a lot uh, understanding where like the church that I grew up in and our churches where we grew up in uh how they are their remaining cultures and then seeing the balance between you know being raised up in America and then going over there for four years so it's best definitely been like uh, a battle between the cultures and I see both sides of it it's been awesome and uh, what school did you uh attend uh ITP ITP in Bucharest, Instituto of Pentecostal in Bucharest.
0: So they're they're pretty well known over there. I know that the president of the school is uh, Brother Nelo Bria. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that, that's cool, man. So you're there. This is your fourth year. You're saying fourth year. Yes. Yeah, so, so you're about to finish up. Yeah. Yeah. So I know uh, maybe you haven't decided this yet, or maybe you don't want to announce it yet. But uh, once you uh, finish up, you're planning on moving back permanently.
1: Um, I mean, it's up in the air. I'm open to <laughs> wherever the Lord calls me, but I'm kind of inclined to come back because, you know, I just relate so much more with people over here in the States.
0: And uh, obviously, we, we've known each other from back when you were living here permanently right. at, you know, at the church in Riverside, but uh, we've met each other in Romania, too, with uh, Brother Dadi's mission over there in yes. the Orșova area in the summers you were over there. And uh, one uh, very uh, interesting and fond memory I have of you <laughs> is... Um, Remember, we wanted to do evangelism out in that field behind the a Church, and um, th- there were like a ton of weeds, like really tall grass, ton of weeds. <laughs> yeah. And we there was a soccer field. We wanted to like make it flat and everything so we can play and just get you know talk to the kids and whatnot. And I remember uh, Brother Dottie sent sent you to go like <laughs> was, like, was, like Josh, go you cut the weeds over there. And I remember seeing you. You're like with your shirt off with this like industrial sized <laughs> weed whacker. Yeah something that like you need a license to use here in the states and you're just like all day like chopping the weeds man and it was like it's so weird to see that in like at the time it was like 2018 yeah you know, to see yeah. I, to see that but that that was uh, a that, that was that was awesome but um yeah just a lot of good memories yeah. I think these last few summers of us being involved in that mission and just doing the Lord's work where he's called us to be Amen. so that's Amen. that's great so today we're gonna talk about and this is something that you kind of had on your heart, and something yeah. that I think a lot of us have been discussing in our personal lives. Right. Um, it's about politics. Yeah. Politics, not only in what the Bible says, but politics today and how Christians should respond to that. So before we dive in, um, what what was your motive? What was the... Uh, how were you encouraged to bring forth this subject? What what uh, motivated you to talk about something like this?
1: Uh, well, definitely the times that we live in. I mean, it's 2020, and I think anyone could say that from a political point of view, there's never been a battle like it. there has been this year. And so what has really stirred it up in, in me to like push for the subject or really study the subject and talk about it is the fact that uh, where's the balance? Uh, I mean, there's so many people that talk about you know politics and to one point i've even heard it in certain churches where it's like it, it's almost as if trump is like the second messiah mm-hmm. like he's coming yeah. back and he's so preached and i've heard sometimes like trump is more preached than christ and so it's like hey don't take like trump out or like politics out because we still have our implication and so it's like where is the balance where do we find ourselves in this society especially because it's such a big uh, political battle where do us christians where do we have our say and where do we make those lines those border lines
0: I'm glad you brought that up because that's something a lot of people need to hear. Right. Trump is not the Messiah and he's not the moral compass of the world. Exactly. I think a lot of us know that. Uh, but at the same time we have to recognize that and we'll we'll read some scripture here too that God works through all kinds of people. Right. And a lot of times for, you know, for his glory, for the protection and sanctification of his people. And you can use someone like Trump for that So let's transition and let's before we talk about two like any specifics right now, uh, let's see what the Bible says about politics. So what what, what did you uh, gather from your studies over there?
1: Um, well, uh, I started from Old Testament, so mm-hmm. I looked into the Old Testament first, but I think before even getting into the conversation or into you know our subject, we have to leave from the premise or the fundamental axiom. Uh, of understanding or or making a a borderline, and that is uh, the fact that Christians are not of this world. Mm -hmm. I think understanding that Christians are not of this world, uh, just like Israel was, you know, of a a higher power. They were of God in a polytheistic world and worldview, uh, just like we are. You know, we are not of this world. Us Christians are not of this world. And so leaving from there, I, I, I looked into Scripture, and obviously you can go through the whole Old Testament, New Testament, but I just took out some parts that I think are very uh, relatable to us as Christians. So leaving from the premise that Christians are not of this world, uh, I started with Israel and I went back to when they were called into exile. Um, And I started with Jeremiah 29. Uh, Mm -hmm. At one point God is like, hey, uh, you guys are gonna go into exile. So Israel, which was uh, Yahvistic, uh, the people that worshiped Yahweh, were in a world of people that were polytheistic, right? polytheistic worldview and so God is like hey you guys have sinned before me you guys are going into exile and so they all thought it was going to be cool one point Jeremiah God through Jeremiah is like go to them and tell them this you guys should go over there you guys should start building houses God is like hey you guys are going to be there for a while he's literally like hey build houses for yourselves marry your daughters marry your sons and then at one point Jeremiah 29 verse 7 so Israel a people that is kind of like how we are, not of this world. You know, they are not home. They're in a different world, different culture, different people from Israel, right? So that's why I, I believe it really relates to us. And in verse 7, it says like this, God says towards him, Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you to exile. Seek the peace and prosperity. And then he goes on, pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And so I think this is the first calling that we have, and we see this in the New Testament as well, where, you know, we pray for the, the people that are in authority. And so us Christians, and uh, we are not of this world. You know, Christians have a higher calling. Our citizenship ultimately is in heaven. So I think our first calling uh, into going into politics or just the world in general is, first of all, praying for the world that we live in. Because God says, you know, your peace, shalom, in, in Hebrew, your shalom is tied to their shalom. So pray for the shalom of the people, for the shalom, uh, for the peace of the country that I have put you in so that you guys can have peace. And so I think that's that's first.
0: And I'm glad you brought up the Old Testament because people, when it, when it comes to government and politics, right. people immediately jump to like Romans or some of the other, some of other, uh, Paul's other letters. Right. And um, it's important to, re- to recognize that, you know, the Old Testament, the Israelites, their lives are a physical manifestation of what our spiritual walk looks like. Yeah. So the peaks and the valleys of their walk with God are physically are what we experience spiritually now. The Jews and the Gent or the Gentiles now, right. um, after Christ's death and resurrection. So it's good. I like that you brought that up. And I mean, we do have a higher calling. And I've heard a lot of pastors say that we have this dual citizenship. And before we answer to anyone over here, our purpose is to be in the world. And a lot. And you could. Uh, You can wonder what these Israelites were thinking, like, oh, why am I, you know, I'm in exile, we're in captivity, why are we like this, has God forsaken us? Right. And we can, in our lives today, can see, like, we're living in a world that's just polluted Mm -hmm. and is just living in sin and promoting sin. And we ask ourselves, God, why are we, it's almost as if we're in, like, spiritual uh, bondage and attack uh, from the world around us, and what we have to recognize that uh, what we have to recognize is that we're not called to huddle together in one little corner of the earth as Christians and kind of live out our ways until the second coming of exactly. Jesus. We have to be in the world. Yeah, we have to be in the world and be a light to those people. So we have to expect the backlash. We have to expect the persecution, and before we answer to anyone else we have to understand that this is what as this is what god has called us to especially in the great commission yeah go out to the ends of the earth preach baptize in 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 jesus name so i like that you brought that up and it's so important for us to realize that you know we can't huddle our in in our in our churches over here with our communities and even culturally speaking we like to gravitate with like-minded people the same kind of people um and we're not reaching out to the neighborhoods in in our communities and that's i think that's a that's a big problem and we have to be a light to those people um i don't know if you had anything else to mention from the old testament um
1: Um, just one more thing i wanted to touch up on uh, what they did in exile that i believe god is you know asking us to do but um which is daniel chapter one through six just exactly how daniel and the three youth they were they, they they were in exile they were in a pagan society and they were called to serve in a pagan society it's kind of like the way of the exile i saw a video on it just i think about a week ago and it it shows it very interestingly you know you live in a different world but you're not really of that world and so they were called to serve the society and we see this with daniel one two three four five six you know All, where, where they're called and they're put into the kingdom, not just like in the community of uh, Babylon or where they were at, right? They were put in Jerusalem. They were put to learn. They were educated. They were they were up there. They were right next to the king. And so they served. And so uh, they serving that country was serving for the better of their people. And so I think that shows that, you know, for those that say that church shouldn't be implicated in politics or Christians should have no say, you know, because, you know, God is sovereign just do it. Look at, we, we look at Daniel. It's like, hey, they were all implicated. They had a, a huge say. And that was a big opportunity for them to be a blessing for uh, the people that, the other Christians that live in that society with them. And so that's uh, another thing that I I saw in uh, the Old Testament. It goes in parallel with Joseph. Yeah. Old Testament, Genesis. You know, Joseph at one point, you know, he was, he became, uh, his brothers turned on him at one point. And then, you know, he went to a different land. And at one point he was, down at the ground i mean he was just live in prison yeah. yeah in prison at one point but then god lifted him lifted him up and he got to a point where he was at a political in a in a political standpoint where he had such big uh, say in politics in that day and age where it actually was for the better of his family and not only his family but god's people you know to continue uh the israelite uh, beliefs you know
0: and with with Daniel and the the three young people, um, and I say three young people, just I don't feel like saying their their names. Right, it's a right. it's a tongue twister. I mean, their Babylonian names and their Hebrew names are both yeah. like tongue twisters. So, you mentioned that they served in their in their government, they served in their community, in their country for as long as they had to. Right. But, and we see this in our lives right now, and I think this we're reaching that point in our society, right. they came to a point where they had to stand down they had the to, borderline yeah they, they they hit that borderline and the and the three youth is like we're not bowing down to, to you know we're not bowing down to never nebuchadnezzar we're not exactly. worshiping the king we worship god yeah and they had to you know as as advanced as they were in, in in that society and as as great contributors they had to put their foot down and say no even if even if it. To brings death, we are not going to conform to what society wants us to do. Exactly, Daniel the same way with the decree of not to pray to God, he continued to pray. Right, and God right. eventually, for in both cases, delivered them in in miraculous ways, ways that we still preach about today, whether it's that fourth person in that fire or you know sh- shutting the mouths of the lions. It's. It's amazing how God works and we have to have the faith like those people had. Exactly. And we could be implicated, we could be involved, but and I think up until now it, it was okay, but we're reaching to we're reaching a point in our lives where we have to make a decision.
1: Exactly. And if we what don't make that? a
0: decision, that mis- that, that is still going to be made for us.
1: Exactly. We're yeah. going to
0: be placed one way or another. There's no there's no middle ground right now. There's sure. no third party where we can just insert ourselves in. Sure. So, um we we have to really consider that, and I think there's a lot to talk about in um, you know current events right now, and I think yeah. we'll we'll get there in a little bit. Yeah. But I want to mention this passage in Romans 13, and this is the New Testament we were talking about right. earlier, where Paul's saying, and it's verses one through seven: Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been in- instituted by God. Respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Yeah. So this is a very popular um, text about submission to authorities. Yeah. And a lot of people get this confused because there are certain leaders in government that we do not want to serve, yeah. especially for us Californians. We're very anti-Gavin Newsom right now just because yeah. he wants to shut us down. So. In your opinion, what we just read from this passage, how can we we as Christians take what this passage is telling us and use it to apply it to our lives right now and respect and do what we have to do with the leaders that we're under right now?
1: Um, well, I think uh, if we look into the text, and just real quick, I'm going to stop upon it so we can understand it a little bit more. I think we have to make uh, understand the difference Uh, between submission and obedience Mm -hmm. because paul says you know let everyone be subject you know you submit to the higher authorities and there's a difference between uh submit and obedience submit is something so much more broader Uh, to submit is 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 to just recognize one's subordinate place in the hierarchy established by god right to to recognize that it's there it's to acknowledge that you know certain institutions or people have been placed over us and have the right to our respect and difference, right? Uh, submit in, in another passage, wife, submit to your husband. Mm-hmm. You know, controversial, but we're not going to talk about it, but you know, it doesn't mean complete obedience. You know, wife is, doesn't need to, you know, follow the husband if the husband is pushing her to, to sin. It's like, hey, go into sin, go against God. At that point, she has to cross the line and so we cross our line at that point. We recognize, hey, you're put there by God. You're put there, put there by God. But the moment that you keep us from doing what God has called us to do what God has has purposed us to do, God that is all sovereign that's the moment that we have to cross our line. Uh, we see that you know Old Testament New Testament um, of people, the disciples in Acts, I think I believe it's chapter six or chapter four, somewhere around there where the apostles were told they were beaten and then they were told, "Hey, no more preaching Jesus and then they went out. The moment they went out and left from there, you see the passage, it says, man, they went and started to preach Christ even more. And then they were beat again. And they said, it is a joy for us. It, it, we are worthy enough to be beaten for, for Christ's sake, to be persecuted, you know, for Christ. And so they, they submit to authority. It's not like they, they started to make a big revolution and started to stir up the people, but man, they just preached Christ. And the moment when government came upon them, or like, hey, you're not allowed to do that. They're like, we crossed the line there, you know? god ultimately that's our higher power we are not of this world and and i think that's that's a a big thing is understanding the difference and i was really thinking about this when i was preparing for 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 this uh on this subject is the fact that there's two worlds you know we say christian and politics and that implies that they are of the same world of in a sense of the same uh, nature or origins but it's not you know, you're, you're putting something that is worldly, something that is of this world, politics, something that is man-egocentric, uh, right, uh, with Christians that are higher, that are uh, up there, that have their citizenship in heaven. So Christians and politics, it's, it's two different worlds, and one governs over the other. Christians govern, govern or are over, and they receive great orders from God, not from, you know, of this world. I think there's... Uh, I remember there's there's an analogy that is just beautiful. And it just helped, really helped me understand this. is, is a football game. Uh, I heard it a few days ago. There's two teams. There's two teams. They're fighting against each other and trying to win the game. And, you know, they're ready to beat each other up, right? could our game, football game. But then there's actually three teams on the field. There's the referees. That's the third team. They are of a higher power. They receive their rules not on the field, not from the players... But they receive their rules from the NFL, a higher power, and they are governing how everything goes, and so that's kind of how we Christians are in this world, where we see, hey, two teams coming against each other. We come and we have to bring what God has given us, not only put our implication, uh, but submitting to the point as we back to Romans thirteen, submitting to the point where you know where we have to cross the line. Submitting, if if, if submitting would mean disobeying God then that's where we'd have to cross the line
0: and I like that you made that distinction before we continue on to the subject the, the difference between submission and obedience right and I think this is a problem that a lot of Christians have today I think this is where this is the the, the stem or the root of legalism right and I think this is what a lot of Pharisees had going on back in the day where they would submit to the scriptures, to God. They would follow all these religious traditions and orders right. and whatnot. But they, in their hearts, they weren't fully obedient to God. Right. They weren't They weren't uh, obedient. So I, I like that you made the distinction because there gets to a point, like, like you said, and I, I think the perfect example is you know, the wife to the husband where, yeah, she is called to submit to her husband because, not because we think that we're better but the god designed a lot of things in our lives god designed marriage god designed um different relationships hierarchies in the church and he designed it in such a way where it could work and that's what scripture tells us like if you do it this way if you follow this blueprint it's gonna work you you try to switch some things around you're gonna have trouble in your life and you're gonna be asking god why is there trouble in my life and god's gonna say like hey if you want to hear from me read the word exactly so yeah I, I like that you made that distinction because uh, and then obviously in that relationship you, you submit to the other person but when you're forced to cross a line you have to you have to stop yeah you have to stop and you have to realize like hey I'm, I'm first and foremost I'm obedient to God then I am married to this person or then I am a father or a mother or a, a child or yeah. a son or a daughter so we have to recognize that I think we we don't put as much emphasis on that um you know, amongst ourselves as people. Um, But continuing on this thought and you said, and I like the analogy you made about football, not just because I'm a football fan, but um, (laughs) we're like the referees. We're overseeing what's going on, these two sides fighting. And I want, and I, I, we talked about this off air a little bit before, um, but we're, I think we as a society are getting to a point where it's becoming difficult to kind of stand back and oversee because one side is overtaking the other and one side matches the morals that we support over the other. So what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on, I know right now there's conservatives and liberals and I hear a lot of American um, pastors try to stay out of it. Right. And to be honest, I think a big motive in that is just so they don't lose their members because they're at right. big churches and they don't want to cause problems because when you have a lot of members, you're not, you're not. You're not always intimate with a lot of them, so you don't know what they're doing. You don't know what they're being influenced by, so you don't want to cause any trouble. And I think that's wrong to have that motive. Right. Unfortunately, it does still happen. But what are your thoughts on that? When we eventually have to take a side, where we can't be, we're not allowed to stay in the background anymore. So what are your what are your thoughts on that?
1: Okay, in the context uh, that we're basically obligated, we're in this context, we're obligated to choose a side. Um I think we have to understand first of all the calling of the church the calling of the church before anything we all know it's it's you know the gospel the gospel the gospel does not change the gospel does not become the gospel is meant to change people and so ultimately you're not going to change a a someone's point of view or uh i believe where am I trying to get out with this it, it it's you know we see so many people we argue so much with liberals and conservatives right and we're like, hey, come to the conservative side because why, why? We ultimately, and us that are Christians, I believe we're all conservative because we hold closer to God's principles. And so there's so many people that are like, hey, a political argument, political argument. But like ultimately what is going to change them is the gospel. It's, it's, it's the gospel. So the church's calling is is getting the gospel out there, is, is, is telling people that Jesus came and died for them, you know, so that they can, they can be saved. That's what's going to change ultimately a person. And I believe the churches or the Christian's individual implication in politics, you know, the vote. You know, the fact that they are able to vote. We're all going to vote in September. I think that isn't done so that we can convert a country. We don't do politics or we don't get implicated. We don't tell political beliefs or, uh, or we don't like represent conservatism or, you know, God's principles in politics so that we could change or convert a country. It's so that we could live a better life as Christians, us as Christians, as the church should, could live in a context where, you know, for example, let's take an extreme abortion. You know, uh, we choose the side that is obviously against abortion because that is against God. You know, it's basically a genocide going on. So many babies are killed that are in the womb, and so we hold to that not so that someone from the other side would that is for it would be like, hey they're against it all right then i'm just going to change you know it's 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 not something that simple we are for it so that you know we're not pushed to it and we see that it's against god so we are pushed by god's uh commandments ultimately you know us as christians so we have to we have to vote according to that right uh but ultimately we don't vote so that we can convert a country and i think this is very big we don't vote so that we could convert a country the gospel does that the gospel does that
0: and I think, yeah, the change happens from the inside out. Exactly, yeah. We don't have to, I mean, we're not trying to, like, spell it out on this poster why you should take the red pill. Right. Um, the fact that we're preaching the gospel and the Holy Spirit cha- touches your heart and your change will make you want to align with what God's morals are. Yeah. And uh, this, uh, this, this conversation we had um, you talking just reminded me of this video I was watching of Ben Shapiro, uh, the... Conservative. yeah conservative uh and uh he was having this panel at this university and this this one guy asked him and obviously the guy was conservative he was there he's like he asked him he was like can i get married can you marry someone um who does not hold the same political beliefs as you who's on the other side right and uh, and then you know ben Shapiro was like oh are you asking for a friend and you know, everyone's laughing whatever uh but he basically said he answered this question and said like you know i don't know um you could you have to define where the relationship is is it is it the the political policies that divide you that separate you or are it the morals that come from each political party that are higher. yeah that that separates you guys because if there's certain things like any like if you, you know fiscal conservatives and all that, the little things like that, yeah, you can get away with some of that. But when it comes down to the morals, the foundations of each political party and what exactly. they promote and what they believe in, if, if you have one person who follows the scriptures, who believes that homosexuality is a sin, who believes that abortion is wrong, who believes yeah. all these different things, and right. then you have the other person who does not believe that, then you're going to have a problem. And he basically said, like, yeah, if it's a moral thing, you should really consider, reconsider this relationship because you— The marriage is not going to work out. And that's something that we have to push. I think it all starts with the morals. Um, You don't have to identify, I mean, you could wear your MAGA hats all you want, you can put those stickers on your cars, but that's not what makes you, you. Yeah. It's the morals, it's the gospel, it's what the Bible tells us, and that's how we should identify. Exactly. That's how we should identify. We're not, I'm not going to say I'm a Republican, but my morals reflect the Republican Party, so I'm going to vote for a person who respects that. Mm-hmm. And you know, Donald Trump. I, I was saying earlier, uh, off air, it's like he's not a he's not the moral compass of the world. I mean, he has exactly. his issues. I, I can't even. I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't know if he's saved. I'm not gonna say that. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think he's a great guy. Yeah, but God put him there exactly to. To much to a lot of people's disbelief. Back in 2016, they were right. crying. They were I don't know. They were super emotional about it. But <laughs> God put him there so he can run this country. And we we as Christians right. have seen the benefits of um, of his uh, tenure, of his of his time in presidency these last four years. And uh, right now, it's times are getting a little interesting. We're going to see what happens. But just because a lot of people are trying to attack him to bring him down because he's protecting the church. And then we have guys like Governor Newsom who's trying to shut down the church yeah. in these times. So right. um, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? Do you have any, any, anything to bounce off of?
1: You said, you said about God's morals, right? So yeah. we, we, we hold to God's morals. You talked about Ben Shapiro. And uh, ultimately, it's not a political problem. The main problem is the morals, mm-hmm. you know, because your morals, we, are, we, we support certain, certain uh, parties I support a certain party because they hold more to God's principles than the other party. You know, it's the better good, you know, in Christian ethics, that's a whole different conversation. But it's the better good, it's the bigger good. It's 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 more good. So morals is, is, is implicating um our vote, for example. And so that should dictate our our touch in politics, you know? Ultimately we are we are we are not republican or you know, we we, we don't support Trump because you know he's he's a great guy, like you said. It's because hey, God put him there and his party and what he stands for. At the moment, we're praying for him. We're serving the country and we're looking for the better of the country. But ultimately, we're doing this why? Because the higher power, God, is saying, look, this is this is my commandment. And the thing is, I was thinking about this. Uh, it's we don't hold this just because it's God. It's commandment. Yeah, we for example, we vote against. Uh, abortion. And you know, I pray that one day, you know, it it'll be banned, you know, no one will be able to do it because it's against God's principles. But it's not only that it's against God's principles. I think it's because it's 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 better for humanity. I think God's principles are not something we should obey just because he said it. Obviously, it's out of obedience, you know, the desire to serve him and so we do it because of that. But I think God's principles are much more. It's for the better of humanity. You know, it's because, hey, don't do abortion. Why? Because God said so. And then from a worldly point of view, it's because, hey, it's not right from a humanitarian point of view. Humanity, that that's not right for man to do such a thing. And so God's principles and, and His morals are are His commandments. We obey Him because of His, his commandments, but it's also because it's for the better of humanity.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's something we have to consider because you're not going to get your perfect candidate. Yeah. And there are imperfections on both sides, but we've come to a point, guys, and if you're listening out there, if you if you identify, if you're a Christian and you're reflecting Jesus and God has changed your life and the Holy Spirit is with you, and you're thinking of, I mean, voting is one thing, but if you're leaning Democrat or you you see that you're accepting some liberal morals, I think you should... Really, really reconsider what's going on in your life because we're getting to a point where there's one side is right and one side is wrong. Before it was just people fighting for yeah. different things that different agendas they wanted to push right. and different things that they want in in government and in the country. But we've reached a point in our lives, and it's it's becoming more clear as we continue as the months approach to this upcoming election. There is one side that is wrong that 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 doesn't align with God's morals and what God has called us to do. And there is one side that is right. And right now the Democratic Party is the party that is pushing these um, these different agendas. They're the ones who are supporting. They're talking about empowering ourselves and this and that, where it's just like, listen, the Bible doesn't say like, oh, you be you and you know, listen to yourself. Right. And the Bible says, no, you, you, the, your old self is
1: dead. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and you rise again with Christ. Your new identity is Christ, and that's the problem with—it's uh, a lot of self-worship. Yeah, and they—they—and that's I think that's the root of it all. That's the root of all the—I mean, obviously we have the homosexuality thing, but it's—it's it's gone further than that. There's transgenderism. There's all these different things that we never could have imagined 10, 15 years ago, and you know we have abortion. We have uh, this third, fourth wave feminism. Yeah where it's it's all about praising the self and I think even black lives matter also has some ties into this so yeah. we've come to a to a society where we're worshiping ourselves and we're not giving glory to God and in um even like uh members of the occult people who you know worship Satan all this stuff they don't advertise the the dark creepy stuff that, you know, we know of when yeah. they're trying to attract their people. They don't say like, "Oh yeah, we we sacrifice animals, we do this stuff, all right. all these dark different things." No, what they promote, and I saw this on the history channel, what they promote is like, "Oh no, we're just all about self-love and just empowering ourselves and this and that." And people, yeah, this broken generation, this broken people who are suffering from anxiety, depression, who who have that void in their lives because God is not in them. They revert to this stuff like that. They think that they're going to be fixed and healed with empowering themselves, right. and that's so that's such a that's so false. That's so wrong because only God, only Jesus, Jesus Christ provides that healing. Of course. And I think we've reached a point. What I said earlier at the beginning of my statement here, there's a there's a wrong side and there's a right side. Exactly. And there's a lot of things going on right now. There's a lot of specific things that we could have talked about. Um, a lot of things going on in society right now, oh, yeah. but. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm taking away from this, and this is what I want to say. And I'm sure, I'm sure you agree that there's a point where we have to take a stand, and we're going to face the repercussions of that. We're going to face the backlash, the persecution, and we're going to be labeled, um, you you know, as as dumb people. Like, oh, the Christians—they're the ones who kept the churches open during this time. They're the ones spreading COVID and this and that, and they're inconsiderate. Wear a mask, all this stuff. Now, I'm not saying, you know, don't wear a mask in public if. Those are certain things, and a lot a lot of people are against that. Those are certain things where you can respect governing authorities. That's fine, but as soon as they're infringing upon what what where God said that line, like, hey, you're trying to close a church. I mean, I don't know about you, but online church was not very effective. No. And I heard um, there was just the other day. So we're recording end of July right now, but just the other day, Tucker Carlson um, hosted John MacArthur, the popular pastor here in Los Angeles, uh, on his show, and and John uh, John MacArthur said like, listen. For 21 weeks, our church was shut down and and we did not minister, I mean, let alone every other thing that's going on in the world, but for 21 weeks, we could not minister to young people, to kids, to college students where they're being indoctrinated by these liberal liberal agendas and ideas, whatever, to young couples who are now struggling with their marriages, and, you know, to older people, to all these people, we did not have an opportunity these last 20, 21 weeks to minister to these people. And I can speak from personal experience. I mean, I was only at home f- from March to mid-April, so like, I don't know, like maybe like six weeks. And I saw in my life, like, man, I'm not like, I'm not reading the Bible anymore. I'm not praying anymore. Right. I'm not, I don't care to to serve in church. And, and imagine for someone who maybe isn't as involved in church and they don't go to church for 21 weeks and let they, let's let say they watch online for the first couple of them, but I don't know. I just think they're they're really crossing a line, and this is where we as Christians yeah. have to stand. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Uh, you touched up like on chaos, yeah. right? If we continue on the left side or the side that isn't on God's side, it's 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 basically this is the word that came into my head: chaos. It's just chaos, and then the other side is God's side, which is a world of order. And so I put the question; it's a rhetorical question: What would happen if you take church out of society? Hmm. Just take it out. Every any 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 form of of, of god's presence any image of god's presence and of jesus of his message any goodness in this society man just take it out take take out the church what would happen what would happen chaos just complete and utter chaos because you take the only good that is in this society what god has done what god has done is he's made his church and then he's made people in that church to go out with the gospel and so they could be reached out and so they have and in there he made pastors that could go out and help other people he made uh, other students that that are saved to go back to their colleges, prepared with the gospel, and tell these people, "Hey, look, your ideas aren't correct because, you know, ultimately, look, God, you know, His standards. Not only is it His standards, but it's better for humanity. Humanity, you know. And so, if you take the church out of completely politics, uh, to have any say in society, any say of what's going on today, it's going to be complete and utter chaos. And so, the church definitely has an implication; It has to step out, has to say, look. Uh, this is what we stand for. This is what we do. And I believe it's also an, an, an Open door for the gospel, you know, you go out there and say hey I believe this or like I have a red hat that says mag on it. Why do you do that? I'm not gonna just get in a political ar- argument with them. I am going to be like hey, why do why do you have the hat on it's because of the gospel look because God said it should be this way and this is what I choose and then I could also have you know a, a worldly perspective That says why it's better for just humanity. It's just normal, you know, because we're created in God's image. So He we have God's image in each and every one of us, you know.
0: I think it. what you said, it works like reversely as well in, in the inverse where, yeah, you have people coming back and spreading the gospel and saying this is the betterment for humanity. But what I've seen with a lot of young people who grew up in the church and have gone away at age 18 to college. Right. And by gone away, I mean they moved out of their homes. They went out of state, out of town, sure. whatever. Where they they're not commuters anymore, sure. and they're not with their parents very often, or their families, or their church. And we see them come back, and they're a totally different person. They're they're supporting all these different things, and a lot. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with friendship. I think right. bad company, like the Bible says, and I've said this like four times already on this podcast, but bad company ruins good morals. Of course, you're there for such a long period of time where you're not. Connected with the church, and John MacArthur said twenty-one weeks was bad. Imagine being there for four years, being not oh, yeah. plugged into the this church community, this Christian community, and you're being influenced by the world, and you're you know you're eventually overcome, and you're 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 coming back, and you're you're against all these different things, and we it's such a big problem, and I know a lot of uh, young parents right now who have children like under the age of five years old. So some of them I've talked to, they're. They're highly considering homeschooling because of the indoctrination that's going on in the schools right now. That's that's affected by the government. And I, I, I'm I'm going to go out and say like, listen, yeah, if you want to homeschool your kids, great. But if you have kids who are finishing up high school right now, I would highly consider you keep them local. It's not. I'm <laughs> yeah. telling you right now, college. If they cry about having a college experience and being at a dorm, tell them that. And I can tell you, I can speak from experience because I I finished college not too long ago. It's not worth it, guys. It is not worth it. You're. Your heart and your salvation is much more important, right. and, and and even beyond that, not only your salvation, but the work that God's going to work through you to touch others is much more important than self satisfaction and in, in this in this false pretense or uh, this dream that you have for yourself. Right. That's something that you need to consider, and I think that's that's another implication of how politics plays plays a hand, and they're they're, they're trying to you know get the children at a young age and, and education. And I think that's a whole other episode. It's a whole other topic, right. but yeah, that, 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 that's what I was
1: thinking too. I, th- I think those people that, the people that have that agenda, the only way they have, you know, uh, the only, the, the only way that they, they could have a positive feedback or could actually get somewhere with their agenda is taking the church out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the moment you take, you could look into history. The moment you take church or Christianity or the teaching about Christianity, out of schools. You see morally just the schools go downhill, downhill. The moment you take that out. I mean, in colleges. I mean, some of the greatest colleges were, you know, Christian colleges. You take that out, look what's over there now. I mean, it's people with beliefs that are just so far away from God. So the moment you take Christianity out of anywhere, any, any, any source of good, then, like I said, it's just chaos. And so that's also uh, what we've seen in these past few days, you know, our our governor trying to take the church out, you know, trying to squeeze it of its power. But our our hope is this, that God said, the church, Peter, and on this rock, you know, the church on this rock, I will, I, will, I will make my church, you know, the rock, not Peter, because if the rock was Peter, and if the church was made on, the rock, on Peter, then it would have fallen a long time ago. But the rock is Jesus, you know, he says over there, i believe it was john and against the church against this the gates of hell will not stand Mm -hmm. and so this is our assurance that doesn't matter what comes in the world yeah we have to have our stay and that's the balance you know sovereignty of god and then our say you know uh, doesn't matter what comes in this world our assurance is this that the church is and 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 the advancement of the church in the world is not determined by people is determined by god and it's going to stand by because of god because it's god's church and it's gonna stand he's gonna give it strength and he's gonna he's gonna encourage it he's gonna, he's gonna push for it and he's he's gonna completely uh, continue to uh, change people's lives and so that's our assurance it's god's church and it's it, it, it's gonna remain it's forever gonna remain it doesn't matter if people come with different agendas you know it's going to remain and he's given us the knowledge you know to be implicated and push for his morals
0: And there may come a time where we can't physically meet in a church, but if we're trained and equipped, the church will be in us. Well, we are the church, you know, we'll be be those staples, we'll be that foundation. And I mean, it's important. I think it's really important for all of us to just, in, in these difficult times, in this chaotic society that we're living in, to stay in the church, be rooted, be involved, because I know a lot of people like if you think back to early Genesis, a lot of people right. say like I mean how did how did humanity get from like Adam to Noah where you know everyone came from Adam and then by the time Noah's time came, everyone but Noah's family was wiped off the earth because they were wicked. Like how do, how does that happen? How does the degradation of society happen like that where they all came right. from one person but it's like that's easy. I mean, it happens right now. You 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 have Christian parents, they send their kids off somewhere, they're indoctrinated by the wrong side. And then guess what? You're, you're breeding other false ideals. Right. And it, it happens so quickly and it spreads so quickly, just like this coronavirus, you know? Right. Um, but I just think it's so important above all else to remain in the church, be here, be with like-minded people. Yes. We're in, like that you said, uh, at the beginning of this episode, as the Is- Israelites, where we are in anim- enemy territory, we are in the world. But, we need to be refueled. We need to be regenerated. We need to be encouraged by one another, so we can be strong in those times where, you know, we're standing out there and we're forced to bow down, and we don't bow down, right. or we're 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 banned from prayer, and we don't we don't uh, abide by that. Exactly. So we have to have the strength and the faith to do that. And one day, we'll, I mean, one way or another, it may take a different shape or a different form, um, but we're going to be with that situation and have to make a decision so um, that's 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 that so as we wrap up this episode Josh um, is there any last driving point you want to make any anything to take away from this episode
1: Um, I want to leave with this as we you know we have to make a choice you know in politics Us as Christians day by day you know whether you're a teenager whether you're in your 20s 30s you know higher whether you're just a kid you know we have to have a say You know, because we can't just say nothing and then wake up 10 years down the line and be like, hey, where did it all happen? Because there's no, there's not enough. You know, I think John Stott said it and I told you, I told you this uh, already. Too much or too little of the church and we have Nazi Germany. Too Mm -hmm. much of the church and we have the Spanish Inquisition. And so the church has to have a balance where it's like, hey, we have to understand not too much implication, but not not to the point where it's like we just throw it away because we wake up 10 years down the line. We're like, hey, where did everything go? It's like, oh, you were given, you were given a chance in twenty twenty, to 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 make your point, to vote. You know, why didn't you go out and do that? So there's, I know there's people on that extreme, but the point I want to get across, well, before we close, is this: ultimately, who do we represent? I mean, in these times, I've seen people represent, uh, Trump and you know, MAGA twenty twenty, in a political party more than they have ever represented Christ in their life. You know, I mean, they're willing really willing to do that, but how many people are willing to like, hey, Jesus loves you shirt? something as simple as that you know and 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 we have to understand that ultimately we represent Christ and 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 not man not anything else I mean Proverbs 21 verse 1 says the king's heart is like a stream of the water directed by the Lord he guides it wherever he pleases I mean God is God God is completely in control and so we have to understand that ultimately we we, our message is the gospel and and ultimately we we represent Christ and if that manifests through uh, pushing for a certain party because it's God's standards and for the better of humanity, then that's what we should do. But ultimately we represent God.
0: Amen. Hashtag Christ for president. <laughs> yes. Well, Josh, thank you so much for being here, for providing your input. I know you you know, put in a lot of work in preparing for this and it was very enlightening, especially in these trying times where, right. um, you know, we, we don't know what to do and we, we are confused. So, um, I think it's something very applicable to the not only the times we're living in, but as the elections are coming up in in these next couple of months, to really talk about something like right. this because um, it's not really talked about in in a Christian scope, and I think that's very important to have, especially in these times. So before we wrap things up, um, do you want to plug your uh, Instagram or any where where could people find you if they're if they're on the internet?
1: um my instagram i think that'd be easiest yeah uh my instagram does not go by my first name (laughs) i've noticed that yeah (laughs) yeah so many people asked me that and i started with it and i just went with it years ago uh yep. just say it you go ahead yeah uh yeah j Furdui. uh, j-a-y-f-u-r-d-u-i that's my instagram and so you know if you guys ever want to just touch up on the subject and you just feedback you know that that's my Instagram.
0: and i'll and i'll and i'll tag your handle in the post that i'm gonna i'm gonna make before our episode releases but uh, thank you guys for listening. You can reach us at our Instagram at the Potter's House. If you have any questions or comments, concerns, you can email us at um, the Potter's House at gmail.com. Please like and subscribe. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you can find podcasts. I haven't said this before, but if you are on iTunes or any of the other platforms, please like and leave a review. Um, I don't have any, I don't think I have any reviews that have as of the time of recording, but if you guys leave a review, there's this algorithm that iTunes does that ranks the podcasts and all that. So I would really appreciate that. Um, If it's going to be a very negative review, uh, please email me (laughs) and I would be more than happy to hear you out and see what I can do to make this podcast better. But thanks again, Josh, for being here. Thank you guys for for, absolutely. And thank you for you listeners out there for listening, supporting this podcast. I'm, Very blessed and it's something that has definitely gone beyond my expectations. So thank you again, guys, and we will see you next time.